We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. And welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday evening. This is Combine Week, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing out there? Uh, definitely, it's always kind of fun to... Things happen on Tuesdays. I don't know what it is, but we got some brand new spanking content to talk about. We love the offseason, so really, you know... No big deal if there wasn't anything today, but fresh content uh, from George Payton and Sean Payton. Yeah, and you got to love, I think, is it two weeks from today is when free agency starts? So we get yes. that day as well. And uh, so, no, it's going to be a good time. But you're right, Combine kicked off this week and getting both the, the coach and the GM to get up there and speak. And I thought they actually had a lot to say. Uh, I know you got to read through between the lines on a few things, but, uh, but for the most part, I thought, yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, I think there's maybe a little bit of some differences on their thoughts on how things are going to play out this off season. Um, I'll get to why I think that here in a little bit, but no, it's uh, it's exciting time of football, man. Even if it is just the underwear Olympics, it's still a, a good time to get to add a little bit more to our evaluation of these prospects. And it's nice for us, uh, you and I, the fans at home, because we can see a lot of these guys, get some exposure to some of these guys. And we don't have the interviews. We don't have access to the GPS data that these teams have or have had scouts on the road, you know, compiling these profiles. So getting a little bit of awareness and just eyes on these guys, how they move and whatnot. For the Broncos and NFL teams, it's going to be more of confirmation of what you already saw on tape. You don't want to fall in love with the testing numbers. You want to fall in love with the tape uh, and then have the testing numbers if they're extreme based or different than what you saw on tape then you go back and verify uh but it's always a fun week and get medicals and everything and we're gonna find out a lot of juicy information as people hang out way too late in indianapolis and have one too many libations uh sometimes uh, maybe a little less leakage than during the uh, john elway era in denver but uh that's a it's a different conversation entirely david yunkin coming in good evening good to see you dylan von arks the guy dva always good to see you uh, DTR says, I think Sean Payton's comments about the Broncos fans meme with the quarterback names listed and crossed off, wanting to put an end to that, it told us what we need to know. I mean, I love I love that he's on the internet, so that makes me think that he is probably seen some of my asinine, horrible takes, so he probably thinks less of me. But other than that, it's fun to know uh, that he's out there. And I don't think we learned anything too much from that, other than the Broncos know that they got to figure out this quarterback position uh, situation and they're hoping to do it this offseason if it's a, if it's at all possible. Yeah, I think, I mean, the way he talked about it was that they obviously know they got to get it right. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that by Sean Payton's comments, he's willing to be aggressive to get that quarterback position in the right place. George Payton was pretty much like, we don't have enough to trade up, so we're, we're kind of in trouble in that area. Um, in some ways, I mean... I think that's probably speaking a lot more your language than mine, where we realized we don't have enough draft picks and future ability to to trade up and and fill out this team. Um, where Sean Payton's kind of like, I don't care, I'm going to go get my guy. Um, is the way I take it a little bit there. I, I'm I'm kind of hoping that they can balance each other out a little bit on that, um, where George Payton can be like, dude, we can't mortgage the entire future again. We just got through this and we're just starting to maybe get ready to come out of the other end of this 
next year. Um, but still, like I said, I, I think a lot of Sean Payton's comments about what he's looking for in a quarterback. Um, I thought he was very, that's the word I'm looking for. He, he is very ego driven. I mean, he pretty much said like, I'm better at this than others. Like we're happy that other teams are terrible at this compared to us. And so I, I do think he has obviously a plan in mind of, of where he wants to go and what he wants to do. Um, and I think he thinks he can get it done, whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain level of arrogance. We know that he has that, but talking about how he's good at, and they're good at evaluating quarterbacks and every other people are not. Uh, so hopefully he can be right and be proven right about that uh, in the end. But, Broncos, no doubt, hunting for a quarterback and hoping to fall in love. We got Mike S. in the house. Good to see you. AJ says, crazy how they said that Mims will have more opportunities this season. I think they'll move on and trade Judy. Yeah, that was an interesting bit as well. We'll get to. Uh, string guy comes. That's good. And even at all, just to be uh, just to the north of where I live in Illinois, <laughs> is getting hammered by strong winds and hails and tornadoes. God, man, the Ooh. Midwest is just something else. Uh, should be moving through my area 8 to 10 o'clock tonight. Will you be safe? It's that type of year, you had that really good weather stretch there in the Midwest. And now, I mean, that's chaos out there. So hopefully you're staying safe, uh, Mike, and all your loved ones staying safe. Mike Woodward, hope you're doing well, Mike. Good to see you. Evening, everyone. Uh, yeah, String Guy says if you have families in Northern Illinois, that's where the storm is raging. Well, predicting a 50 degree temperature drop. Yeah, it's a God, man. You, you get me going about weather. We'll go on for a bit. Uh, stay <laughs> safe. Um, hope you're doing well. Yeah. It's a kind of kind of scary times. We got a super chat coming in here from David Youngkin saying, I can see the Broncos staying at 12, but I can also see them moving up. If Sean thinks he can get his quarterback. Yeah, Carl, I wanted to push back just a little bit on something you said where Broncos were asked specifically about trading up to number one overall. And George said, ain't no way, ain't no how I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He didn't say that exactly. Uh, but he didn't rule out a slight trade up in the end. And it would what? be hard to be costly. No doubt. There's risk to that. Uh, but, I don't think that door is closed based on anything we heard. If if anything, I think that a slight trade up, I think the door is cracked open a little bit for hearing Sean talk about it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I don't think he shut the door on a, a slight trade up. I'm talking getting into the top five, sacrificing more first round picks, that kind of thing. I, I think he would be, he'd push back against that some. Now, if it's maybe only one first round pick, like next year's first round pick to go get your quarterback, Maybe they they arrive at that conclusion like, hey, it's the quarterback. This is what it takes to go get your guy. Um, you know, I, I love to listen to I, I know this is getting to another GM, um, the Bills GM, when he talked about when they traded up for Josh Allen. And he said, we had people get mad at us for that. We had fans going, are you crazy? You trade all this these draft picks to get this guy. And he goes, you know, for me, I have to arrive at that conclusion of I don't care. Like if, if it doesn't work out, I'm fired anyway. Mm -hmm. If it does work out, I'm viewed as a hero. Nobody cares what picks we gave up. And so I'm sure George Payton, Sean Payton are kind of feeling that same way of if we get our quarterback, nobody's going to care if we traded a first round pick, an extra first round pick to go get our guy. Yeah. In the end, you got to get that quarterback. Uh, train doesn't leave the station until you have that guy. You want to make sure that you are confident enough in the pieces around him uh, at the same time. But if you have an opportunity, it's like I think I mentioned on here. It's like, is there ever a perfect time where you feel ready to have sort of family, you know, house, job, you're settled, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Most people, not the case, uh, but yeah. it happens. It happens. Uh, we see TTR come in saying, uh, I see Nix and McCarthy both being available at 12, but Drake May, Jaden Daniels is a toss up on who goes first. I think that one of the quarterbacks listed here will be available, and I think it'll probably be uh, Bo Nix. I... It could just be the pre-draft hype train going on. I mean, we kind of were on it last season with uh, Will Levis two years ago with all the quarterbacks, you know, I guess Malik Willis was one at this point, you know, two years ago. It's like, oh, the arm talent and the traits and the athleticism could go top 10. It falls to the fourth round or whatever it is. So we'll see. Um, but the tea leaves right now say McCarthy going early, but a lot can change. I, Who knows? I think... <sighs> I do think the Bears still end up going Caleb Williams at one. I think there's more and more talk about Jaden Daniels too, but we'll see after that to be determined. And Scott was bringing up before the show. It was kind of the CJ Stroud stuff last season where it's like, oh, he's fallen, he's fallen, not as liked. And then he ends up still going number two. So right now I think it's a lot of hoopla and uh, 
once we get to like a week before the draft, I think we'll have a better idea. Cause it's like a week before the draft where it was like, actually they're locking in on CJ Stroud. They also really like Will Anderson. They might go Anderson and then trade up for Will Levis. They end up getting both in the end in Houston. If you recall those rumors, but uh, what do you think here about DTR's comment? Thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Just with how how strong this quarterback class is and how many teams need quarterbacks in the league right now, uh, it is hard to see that more than one of these guys would be available at 12 where you have a choice. I really don't see Drake May or Jaden Daniels for sure being there. Um, McCarthy, a little bit up in the air. I think it's going to come down to a little bit of how his interviews go. And he's – I'm trying to remember who said it. He's kind of a – some some people really love him. Some people – are very, very cool on him. Um, so I could see him going top five. I could see him also fall into 15 or something like that. It just, he is kind of one of the tougher ones to evaluate from this group. Um, but I mean, if he's there at 12, I would have a tough time passing on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like him enough to take him at 12 and, and take a chance on the kid that he still has a very high ceiling. And I think he meets a lot of the criteria you know, all these guys that are listed here, I think most of them meet the criteria really well of what Sean Payton said he's looking for in a quarterback. You know, accurate, um, six foot two or taller. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously not set on that because he's willing to take Drew Brees. But, yeah. I mean, he, he says that's kind of what we're looking for is around that six two um, guy that can process things quickly. Um, you know, I mean, obviously that's going to come out a little bit more behind the scenes on some of that. You know, it's a little bit tougher to, fully figure that out from the film. Um, I think you've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, like you watch a guy like Bo Nix. Is it that he processes really well pre-snap that he always knows where to go with the football right off the bat? Or is it just that his first read is always open and he's not actually having to work through reads a whole lot? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's got to be a question you got to have. Jaden Daniels. I think you're, you got to question a little bit of his processing ability as well because he had incredible talent around him. And there were a lot of times where once things kind of broke down, instead of getting through his reads, he took off running. So that, that's, I think, the toughest part now with especially these college quarterbacks with the spread out systems, you know, they're just not having to do a lot of NFL reads when it comes to how they play the college game. Yeah. Interesting. I saw William say that he'd take sign Drew Locke back over taking Drake May. I haven't seen anything about that. I just looked it up when I saw that. He talked about the big loopy delivery. I mean, there's May has been being pushed down. I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good to me overall. I thought the offensive line and the receivers were not that great, uh, but it does seem like May might be slipping some. Maybe there is something to that arm motion. I know that's something that a lot of people really like with McCarthy. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe May does slip. David Mickelrath coming in, said, good evening, Broncos country. Nick Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Mayhem McCarthy, Buckham three times, Denver Broncos for life. Uh, good to see you. We always appreciate you coming in. Uh, 
Mike Woodward says picks five to nine need to be a cornerback. We could keep 12 pick and screw a top eight pick and more. So he's saying a cornerback should go earlier. We'll see. Uh, Terry and Arnold's a heck of an athlete and prospect, and maybe he's going to go higher unless that's not what he's saying there. I don't know. I don't know what he's. Oh, he's saying about trading Sertan. I can't imagine moving up, moving Sertan for picks five to nine. It's like talking about moving up to number one, number two, uh, if, if, if at all. So, uh, you'd have to love the cornerback quarterback to do that, but definitely some risk in that. I, I would want something back in return. Like, like I said, if you're not getting to like number one, two or three with Sertan, then the Broncos have really lost that trade. If you're trading pick number 12 and Sertan, that's, that's just too much to give up in my yep. opinion. Yep. Um, like I said, he, he's just such a special talent. He's worth a, a probably a top eight pick just by himself. So yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, unless you're getting to one, two or three, I'm not doing that. I am hundred percent with you on that. And it sounds like they're already working on maybe an extension coming up here with him. We got FRFs coming in saying what team wants to pay Judy 13 million. I don't see it in reference to the MIMS conversation earlier. One big key about the Broncos and the salary cap announcement about it being, what was it? 13 million more than they expected it to be is that now the Broncos have a little bit more bargaining and ability to eat cap if they wanted to trade somebody. So I'm guessing that the Broncos, let's say you eat 8 million of that Jerry Judy contract. And then he's going out there for uh, quick math. What is it? Five, 5 million to somebody else out there. Uh, yeah, that's what you could do. So no, I don't think anybody's going to pay Judy 13 million, but Denver could eat a good bit of that. Make it a roster bonus that sticks with them. Uh, or excuse me, not a roster, but a signing bonus that sticks with them in dead cap. And then, move Judy. So uh, I don't think it's going to be for that 13 million. I think there's going to be some cap manipulation to get that done. Right. Well, it also, what kind of draft pick are you getting back? Depends on how much the Broncos are willing to take. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of like Brock Osweiler when he got traded for a second round pick. Part of that was the other team took on 18 million of his contract to, to get a second round pick in return. Um, so they decided that a, a second round pick was worth 18 million <laughs> pretty much. At that mm-hmm. point, but we got Michael coming in saying, "Good evening, Nick and Carl on Bronco building the Broncos. Go Broncos, go Michael. Thank you again for always tuning in every Tuesday. Good to see you here. Yeah, always appreciate you, Michael, with the big stars, always supporting us. The Ronk Ronkio Lawrence also coming in and says, "Finally, a reporter was able to get answers today. I'm so tired of Sean owning the room with no answers at the end of every press conference." Uh, all, Alan Bard says, "We should get Jaden Daniels from LSU. What do you think?" I think Jaden Daniels is an interesting player. He scares me because I think he probably has probably the weakest arm of the top quarterbacks. And he plays a little bit like a cartoon character where he's just taking unbelievably reckless hits, but big improvement this season and the athleticism and the playmaking ability is also there as well. So if he falls to six, seven, eight, I'm probably on the phone. I'm not trading up to two or three for him, but uh, he's a, he's definitely intriguing. You definitely better have a quality backup mm-hmm. if he's coming in. I mean, even this last year, he got a little banged up. And, I mean, it didn't slow down his ability in the college game, but in the NFL game where his athleticism is going to be such a big part of what he does, um, that, that could make a big difference. And, you know, I, I look at even like Lamar Jackson does such a better job of not taking big hits. But even there, he still gets banged up. You know, he still had the last few years of being kind of in and out. And those athletic quarterbacks, um, it doesn't take long for them to start losing that. And if they don't develop an ability to play from the pocket on a regular basis, they're, they're going to have some trouble later on. I mean, I know Cam Newton was in the, the news this week and unfortunately got attacked by four kids at a seven-on-seven t- tournament. Um, I mean, just look how quick his career went downhill because he just – depended so much on his athleticism to to be good in the NFL. Now, obviously, he has a very different game than Jaden Daniels. I mean, he's, you know, he's more of a fullback on the field where Jaden Daniels is a a speedster and just beat somebody to a corner. But like I said, he does take a lot of really bad hits. That's something he'd have to really work on if he came to the NFL or when he comes to the NFL. Uh, It's a... It's definitely concerning. Also, 23 years old, took him until this season to get it together. You always had the Joe Burrow example. Baker Mayfield as well took that long. So uh, it can happen. Uh, maybe Bo Nix might be an example of that as well. But yeah, it's a, 
I don't know if I would trade up for him. Also, again, bringing it back to the press conference today while we're here, what we're talking about today, Sean Payton mentioned so many times about winning from the pocket that you can do all the things in the run game. You can do all these fancy things here or there, but eventually teams are going to squeeze you and they're going to make you have to win from within the pocket, from within structure. That was an issue with, I think, and I think Sean Payton's frustrated because that was a big issue with Russell Wilson and the hero ball chaos ball uh, that he made a career with. Uh, I think it's even harder to do that with how NFL defenses are squeezing the sidelines and vertical routes these days. Uh, So definitely going to have to win from the pocket and we'll see, but big takeaways here. I think the biggest takeaway we can have uh, from the press conferences today from general manager, George Payton and head coach Sean Payton is that it's all over but the crying as far as the relationship and the tenure of Russell Wilson, uh, the stone cold answer of, have you had any stone, uh, trade conversations about Russell Wilson? No, we have not. Nobody's called. Uh, and they're talking about other avenues at quarterback and trying to find the right guy. It's it's over. Uh, we've heard from some people that it was probably over the Broncos. Maybe tried to make a last re approach him with a similar thing, or if you want to move that 2025 uh, guarantee, we can talk. We'll see. I know Tom Palisaro again came out today saying that it's still possible, uh, but I think it's all over about the crying. Well, and you think about how Wilson came out this week and really went on the offense against the Broncos, um, pretty much accused them of extortion. The yeah. Teams don't respond well when they get called for doing it, trying to say that they do illegal things. I mean, even George Payton said that, hey, we were above board on that entire situation. NFLPA didn't find anything wrong with what we did. NFL didn't find anything wrong with what we did. It was above board. And so for Russ Wilson, like I said, to go and try to explain it in a way that um, uh, I'm trying to remember, was it Brandon Marshall? It wasn't Brandon Marshall, was it, that he was talking to? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Brandon Marshall was like, man, that sounds like extortion. He's like, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, Yeah, that's not building bridges. That's burning them to the ground and saying there's nothing left here. So I think both sides at this point are at that same place of just saying we're moving forward. Like I said, with Sean Payton, how much he talked about quarterbacks and what he's looking for. And pretty much everything he said is not Russell Wilson. Fast processor, six foot two can work from the pocket. You know, all those things are not Russell Wilson. And it just, um, it it stinks that this is how this relationship is broken down. You know, a couple years ago, how exciting it was the idea of the Broncos trading for this guy. And I know we talked on here, like we had some reservations about how Wilson would fit and how he would go just with how his game was playing there in Seattle. And it was slowly starting to decline. Um, But to see it decline to this, you know, like I said, just is it's hard to watch. Yeah, it is definitely hard to watch. And I will say, to Wilson's credit and Sean Payton as well, he talked about different types of leaders and leadership and that being so important in this evaluation said, you can see the accuracy, the arm talent, the physical aspects of it, hard to evaluate processing and progressions, but leadership, you can get an idea of that and just the intelligence. So that is something they're meeting these guys for the first time they're meeting. Heck, they might be meeting JJ McCarthy right now. If, if Sean Payton's not watching, I guess, cause he's on, he's on the internet. Uh, but yeah, it's a, going to be an interesting process and they are certainly in the market to take a quarterback we got sean brian waldrich coming in here with the stars thank you so much sean hope you're doing well cool pick there of you and the uh the bride or soon to be bride but uh, appreciate you and uh thanks for the support so yeah big takeaway again russell wilson it's it's not officially over but it is over uh, other takeaways i wanted to circle back as well we talked about trading judy i think it was maybe a little bit of a slip of the tongue there maybe not slip of the tongue but they want to get Mims more involved, Marvin Mims. They blamed themselves more so for why Mims didn't have a better season. I would argue some of that is ball control and Mims were out running as well, but you know, good on the coach for deflecting that way and taking it on him. And then he specifically said, you know, he plays the same position as Jerry Judy. Want to get him more involved, plays the same position as Jerry Judy. Zipto, Zapto, I, Jerry Judy's probably gone. We had the Mike Kliss. A uh, piece about wide receivers came out a bit ago saying Sutton's very likely back. Then he talked about a potential trade of Judy. I think that we're counting down. Uh, they're very heavily shopping Judy, probably to the point that the return that they're going to get on him is going to make some Broncos fans unhappy. I'm expecting something yeah. like a fifth round pick uh, yeah. for Judy. 
How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If that. Yeah. Like you said, with that big contract, depending on, as I said earlier, how much they're willing to take on themselves could really determine if it's maybe a fourth round pick or a sixth round pick, or like I said, maybe right there in the middle of the fifth, but um, it, it does seem like that, that marriage is kind of coming to an end and it just, that that's the level that Jerry Judy's played at. And right now with him being on that last year, that fifth year option, you know, teams got to pay him big money coming up if he does go out there and do decent. Um, so it, just that value has definitely declined a couple years ago. Teams probably would have been willing to give up like a second for him. But two more years of evaluation and bigger contract, that value has fallen off. But we got Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, good evening, Nick, Carl, and Deacon Scott. You guys think Peyton, that's George Peyton, will be back next year. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag Go Broncos, hashtag MHH for life. I don't. I think you, you've you seen a lot more of the, the New Orleans people coming back over. Um, now some of them getting added to the front office. I'm guessing that we're heading towards a, a breakup of of the Paytons at this point. Um, I, I think they have an okay relationship as long as, you know, obviously Sean Payton has final say, but even there, I think he still just wants his guys eventually to kind of take over all those roles. Yeah. I, we'll see. I mean, maybe they like working with each other. I think that Sean can still bring his guys in. I think in the end, if they don't start drafting better and being better then it's going to be George Payton's head on the block. Uh, but it's, uh, hard to say what that relationship is. They don't, I don't feel like, cause it was pretty obvious right away that Sean Payton was not really about, uh, Russell Wilson and that relationship. I mean, it was a year ago now or around then they talked about uh, Yeah. Like Drew Brees, he's like, man, please have Russell Wilson quit messaging me. Uh, and like the little jabs here and there, it's like, Oh, what's going on here? This might not be a good thing. Don't get that vibe um, from Sean Payton when he talks about George Payton, but results in the end, we definitely know who is going to be the next person out if it does not turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that they brought up that I wanted to bring up was um, not dealing with the quarterbacks, but some of the potential free agents of the Broncos and whether they're going to be bringing them back. Um, I, I felt pretty confident unless he's willing to take a really big time pay cut from what he maybe could get out there on the open market, Lloyd Cushenberry probably gone. I mean, if he doesn't get what he wants right off the bat, maybe there's a chance that he comes back, you know, kind of like the Dalton Reisner where he thought he was worth a lot more than he really was. Um, maybe that happens with, with Lloyd Cushenberry, but just the way they talked about the guys behind him where they really were like, we really like a couple of these guys. And I just feel like that's a position that they feel like they can save some money for next year. Yeah, it's they have guys. We've talked about it on here a few times. They liked Luke Wattenberg and Alex Forsyth, and they've been being hyped up a bit uh, internally from different sources. And they can save some money, maybe even get a comp pick back by letting Lloyd Cushenberry go. Maybe they'll take a step back. Probably. I mean, that's that wouldn't be shocking, but hopefully guys around them are better, too. You just it's about the balancing the cap. You can't always keep everybody, especially if you've been spending like the Broncos have and now are going to be in some cap trouble uh, with obviously the Russell Wilson impending release and the big contracts handed out last year. So there's going to have to be some movement. Obviously, they're negative 13 million in the hole and uh, we'll see what happens. Michael Bronchios has thoughts and Nick and Carl about linebacker Drew Sanders moving to the edge on defense. I saw that and I thought it was a joke. 
I got to say, I am not super optimistic about it. I, it's going to have to send me to the tape at some point this offseason after the draft to see how Sanders looked uh, at edge because I cannot get the Lions game out of my head. Now, that is an unfair assessment. I understand that because he was going against arguably the best tackle in football last season in Penny Sewell, but it's still NFL guy on NFL guy, right? And it looked like a fifth grader going against a college player. I mean, it just got absolutely destroyed on the edge time and time again by Penny Sewell. It just didn't look like he belonged. He doesn't have the athletic profile that I see for an edge rusher. doesn't have great length, doesn't have great burst. I mean, the whole reason he transferred from Alabama is because he had a hard time, you know, finding a role there and they moved him to that kind of weird off ball, but blitz third down linebacker uh, because he really couldn't hang purely on the edge. So I don't know. I am red flags for me galore. I'd love to be proven wrong by that. Uh, but I just, it it's, doesn't remind me of Baron Browning because they don't see the same package of traits and, and production at the same time too. Uh, I have to find it, but his, he had not, not zero snaps at edge of the season. And his pressure rate was like at one or 2%. I mean, it just, it was, it's not there. So I don't know. Um, sounds like a misevaluation misuse to me, but I hope, I hope to be wrong. And I saw somebody on Twitter earlier say, stop giving um, Vance Joseph. Yeah. Vance Joseph hybrid players because he just doesn't know how to, to use them well. And, and I've said this from the very beginning, I hate when rookies are kind of moved from one position to the other over and over again. Like they've got enough on their plate as a rookie. They don't need to be trying to learn more than one position. Just say, Hey, this is your position. This is what we want you at. And we think you can be great at this, learn this to the fullest ability, go play. And Drew Sanders, you know, I think he was just starting to show some positive signs being that, that linebacker. And then they started having to move him to edge because of some injuries and some other things. Um, and I, I just, I'm with you. I don't like that. I felt like he was finally starting to feel a little more comfortable. Just leave him there. You know, you're losing Josie Jewell possibly. That was part of the reason I thought they were bringing Drew Sanders in was because, hey, this is a future replacement for either Alex Singleton or Josie Jewell. And now they're saying, ah, no, let's try him over here now. Um, I, I don't see that working well. I just I'd rather see him stay there at linebacker. And linebacker, too, is kind of a weird one because what they're doing in college, the NFL game, it's like going from learning addition and subtraction to you know, calculus uh, from the college game to the NFL right now with how much linebackers are asked to process and different things. So I'm honestly okay letting a linebacker kind of, you know, dangle and try to figure it out there for a little bit, even if it's on the bench, uh, just because it is such a processing thing. And the example that I come to is uh, Patrick Queen at Baltimore. He was, he looked like lost out there early on first round pick a lot of trades, but people talk spoke highly about the work ethic and this season, uh, end of last season, this season really clicked for him. Now exactly lines up with when Roquan Smith was added there. Uh, but I don't know. I just, again, I don't see the translatable traits, uh, that result in a quality edge rusher. Uh, so I'd rather just sink or swim at, uh, sink or swing at linebacker, sink or swim at linebacker. But, uh, We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I am. I'm definitely more down on Drew Sanders today than I was yesterday. I'm with you there. And so then a couple other free agents, there are positions that they really talked about, I would say of where they feel like they maybe need to get a lot better. Tight end was one that George Payton mentioned. Um, He kind of said, well, I can't talk about all the positions that we need, but tight end, we have to get somebody that can attack the middle of the field. Do you see them going free agency or the draft for that? Might be a little bit of both. Uh, luckily, tight end is a position that you can find a zero war player, you know, just an average guy for dirt cheap. I mean, just dirt cheap on free agency every year. Probably not much of a difference maker uh, in that regard, but there's just not many difference makers at the tight end position. Also, after Brock Bowers, it really is kind of a core class. Uh, I do like Sanders out of Texas, but he's probably going to go 32 to 60 range, probably not where the Broncos are. And after that, it's guys who are probably going to be, you know, you draft one and then two to four years from the draft is when you start to expect them to really start to blossom. Tight end is one of the slowest 
draft to impact positions on average in the entire NFL. Uh, so it's probably more of a free agent proposition. And I think there's some t- talent uh, day three to be had there. But again, you're talking about hopefully guys that can develop into, you know, tight end threes, uh, maybe tight end twos versus those tight end one types, but you never know. Yeah. I'm with you there. I mean, I know a guy like John U. Smith just hit the market. He just got cut. Um, I wouldn't mind him. He's not going to be a, a great tight end for you, but I mean, if he's given you 500 yards a year from the tight end positions, better than what the Broncos have had here for a while. Mm-hmm. And so he'd, he'd definitely be tight in one day, day one coming to the Broncos. And I don't think he would cost a ton either. Now, probably going to end up with uh, Pittsburgh with Arthur Smith. I, I could see that that reunion happening. But, um, you know, again, like I said, th- those are the kind of guys they do hit the market. You can find yourself one for pretty cheap. And I, I do expect the Broncos to definitely look in free agency for a guy that can be a receiving option, uh, at least to give give them some competition in the room. Mm-hmm. Because obviously right now that has not been happening. Yeah, it is a little unfortunate that uh, today we come out and we're talking linebacker and tight end and probably one of the worst drafts at those positions in a bit. But uh, that's okay. We'll see. There's always going to be some guys who step up. I do think there's actually some decent day two linebackers to be had. I really like Junior Colson out of Michigan, Edgerin Cooper, Texas A&M is a lengthy athlete. Uh, I tend to go with the high floor guy at linebacker, so probably lean Colson, but uh, We'll see. Uh, they're definitely going to be hunting now. It sounds like probably Cushionberry and Jewel are gone. Uh, another takeaway uh, from the combine today for me was George Payton talking about top the, where they sit. They feel pretty good with where they sit. And he said specifically 12 to 15 players. Now it's kind of like last year where the Broncos were like, oh, we have there's about what was it like? 62 players that we really like in the draft and they had pick 62 overall or something. So <laughs> I think maybe, you know, not so slick there, George with the uh, 12 to 15. Uh, but any thoughts on putting that out there into the, into the ether? Is that a, you call on fact or fiction on that? Is there anything beyond that? What, what do you think? Well, I mean, you've talked about it. What is it? The, the fab nine or whatever for this draft or the, they call them the nifty kelp. Kuiper has been calling them the nifty nine. Nifty night. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's too far off with what he's saying. I think it's pretty close to what some others have said. And I think he's maybe including a few defensive players where um, others are maybe just looking at the offensive guys. Uh, so to me, a little bit of what I hear with that is if we're going to trade back, we're going to trade back pretty far mm-hmm. because we don't feel like it's, it's worth it just, um, to go to like 18 and miss out on our 15 guys. It'd be more worth it just to stay at 12 and take one of our guys. So if we're going to trade back, we want to get a lot of cap uh, of draft picks in return so we can really rebuild this roster. That's the only thing that's going to make it worth us getting off pick 12. Yeah, I do think that there's a reality where you still like 15 guys, but three guys that you're not as a uh, high on go before. So you do have a chance of one of your top 15 at pick 18 overall. Uh, I also think at pick uh, 15, I mean, it's, it's the, the somebody want to trade up for Bowers looking at you Bengals and Colts. Uh, maybe you can move back and still get your guy. Uh, I think it's possible if you do that kind of thing, Carl, that you're ho- sitting there. Okay. We still like a lot of these guys here. We might risk it for 18 and let's say you don't get the guy you want and, Hey, it's going to have to be a good enough deal for you to move back regardless to 18, but also then let's say pick 17. Oh, the guy you really want comes off to the board to the Jags. I think they have 17. Maybe you move back again and get to multiple picks in the top 50 this year where they've talked about it kind of falling off a, a cliff, so to speak. So we will definitely see. Uh, another thing I took out of this was uh, George Payton, I think Sean as well, talking about how the team is constructed right now. And they mentioned a lot about feeling good about the defensive core. I don't know if I fully agree with that in terms of the players in the defensive front, so to speak, uh, but it does seem like they really do want to go offense uh, in this draft, I guess early, but not often because they don't have a lot of picks, but offense seems to be very much a focus on this team. Maybe no shock with Sean Payton here, uh, but beyond quarterback, obviously quarterback, but beyond quarterback offensive centric. Yeah. I I've had a few people ask, how would I attack this off season for the Broncos? And a lot of mine was, I would be willing to spend on one decent free agent. 
I'm not going to go huge, but I'm willing to spend on one decent free agent, and I'd probably spend it on the defensive side of the ball. You know, go get your either a really good defensive lineman or get you a number two cornerback where you feel very good about that, and then get some some depth guys. You know, you can re-sign Josie Jewell. You can go get a couple defensive linemen to come in that can be really good run stuffers. You know, you can go get yourself a, a decent edge rusher that can come in and add to the rotation. It's not going to be a, a guy that elevates it a whole lot, but at least maybe keeps it average kind of thing. Um, and so then I feel pretty decent about my defense. It's not going to be top five, but it could be top 12 if you go make those couple moves. And then you can use the draft to really start trying to figure out this offense, get it into the image of Sean Payton and, you know, use the advantage of what this draft is because it is very offensive heavy. There's a lot of great offensive prospects, especially there, like you said, 12 to 15 picks in. There's some really top guys there. So um, that, that's how I would attack this offseason. I'm not saying that gets you to the playoffs. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it doesn't cost you a ton. It doesn't really mortgage your future by any means and lets you, like I said, maybe get a building block on offense that you don't have right now. You know, I, I'd say, I mean, how many building blocks do you think are on the offense right now? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Two. Okay. Probably Winminers. And I think Sutton can be as well. I think okay. anybody, if, if you're a top 30 wide receiver, I think you're a building, a top 30, 40 wide receiver. I think you're a building block. Uh, even though he's what 28th years right now. Uh, but I definitely mm -hmm. think Quinn Miners is for sure. And I yeah. think you can argue that Sutton is as well. When you think about pass catchers, deep uh, playmakers, offensive weapons, you need three of them. Sutton can certainly be one of the three. I can't say that about anybody else right now on this team. Maybe Javante Williams, but that injury, he just did not look the same last year. So I, I, I'd go with two. Garrett Bowles. Ooh. Okay. He, he probably is as well. I was not considering him part of the, the group. I still think he's gone now. Granted, I haven't talked to anybody post the cap uh, coming out uh, the cap increase. So maybe that changes the formula a tad, but I think he can also be one of your building blocks. The issue with him is that he is older uh, as well. And we didn't have a direct uh, source, not a source, but a Mike Kliss came out and pretty much said like, yeah, Sutton's very likely back now after that came out, have not had the same with Garrett Bowles. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm with you there. Those would be the only three that I'd really consider. I'm with you. Um, and so getting another one to add to that offense that could actually turn into a top 10 player at their position um, would be huge for that group moving forward and, and get you a cheap option. Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. problem is Garrett Bowles is expensive. Cortland Sutton, he's not expensive by wide receiver terms, but he still costs more than a rookie contract. Mm -hmm. Quinn Miners is about to get expensive. Yeah. So... You know, you need that guy that can be a cheap option, but still teams have to really respect that they're out there. Yeah. And talking about respect, George Payton didn't give much respect to the defensive line uh, in the press conference today, specifically the run defense and something that we hammered on. I, I feel like nobody else really talked about it. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't really I guess I can't say that because I don't really listen to too many other people <laughs> uh, doing this. You know, the film, the film. uh defines or influences the takes, uh, but yeah. uh, didn't see it so much on the Twitter sphere uh, outside of, you know, Scott and I and you as well, you know, screaming at it about how bad the defensive line was last season. Uh, and George Payton pretty much came out and said that it was unacceptable uh, that they were one of the worst defenses in NFL, especially on the run defense, specifically up the front and in the middle. So I do expect the Broncos to target a uh, defensive tackle. And I think that's probably the area they're going to be the, most expensive if you I agree with you, they're going to bring in probably one solid free agent, uh, maybe not even by solid. I don't mean the first wave. I mean, second wave. And I think that odds are it's probably going to be an interior defensive lineman and somebody who can help with the uh, with stopping the run. That being said, run stuffers on the defensive line, not always the hardest to find. So maybe it's a quantity perspective here where you get two C tier defensive tackles and you know they're not going to get paid a lot they're on their third contract not getting a lot of pass rush juice for them but damn you know their role they're going to stop the run and you're going to at least get a little bit more talented and have the 
enough body types that you need up front to stop the run and have a functional defense up front. Yeah. And, and you think about how much that then changes your pass rush as well. When teams are having to be in third and long instead of third and two, mm-hmm. you know, it makes things a little bit easier. If you can pin your ears back just a little bit more, um, you can run a few more um, creative rush blitzes or whatever you want to do. You can run some stunts that you otherwise couldn't run because you're kind of still worried about whether they're going to run or pass. And um, then you're not having to rely as much on turnovers to, to go out there and have a great defense when you can actually stop the run. So you're right. That's the nice thing is you can find run stuffing defensive linemen pretty easily that could improve dramatically from one year to the next. You know, you don't have to go find a star to, to be good at stopping the run. And mm-hmm. so, uh, there's at least that advantage for the Broncos and there's going to be a lot of guys hitting the market. You know, it's one of those positions, like you said, teams cut those guys all the time because they're always trying to find that next great all around guy that can play three downs and get after the quarterback. You know, those, those are the really unique guys to find, but um, I, I wouldn't mind them spinning obviously a little bit because I think that could be the biggest dramatic turnaround for this entire team is just finding a couple average guys could really turn that defense into something so much more than what they were last year. Yeah, they definitely struggled with that. I do wonder what the math looks out with the Drew Sanders now being thought of as an edge rusher. I want to ask, do you think this opens up the potential of a, a trade of one of the Broncos starters? I think Benito is here. I think you were safe to say that, but with Cooper and Browning on the last year, of their contracts, maybe you're talking about getting, you know, a 2025 six or something like that, opening up a spot, saving a little bit of cash, not a lot, obviously, and taking away from the roster, but giving yourself a little bit more assets just because now you're talking about four guys there and not a lot of hybrid types. I mean, who is setting the, who's setting the freaking edge. Uh, so I just wonder about the, the body types lining up there. And if there's enough uh, snaps for those hybrid esque designated pass rusher types. Yeah, I, I could see a trade. I mean, and which which one would you rather trade? Oh, man, whichever one I can get more value for. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, Cooper is probably a little bit more consistent and been healthy and on the field, which matters, and you can set the edge a little more. Less upside, but you know what you're getting. Browning has that tantalizing ability, but he's been injured so much that I just don't know. So, really, I think it's comes down to maybe you can extend one of them beforehand for a really cheap con- uh, contract and get them, you know, three years here and then move the other guy. But really, I mean, it comes down to what they're going to cost you and what the market would ask for. In my yeah. opinion. No, I'm with you. I think you're right. Cooper, a lot more consistent. I mean, from game in game out, you're going to get the exact same pretty much every week. Um, Browning. I mean, when he came back from that injury, Man, that guy looked special for about three weeks of after he came back, just getting after the quarterback, hit after hit after hit. And then just all of a sudden, he just cooled off. I don't know if he got a little banged up, didn't have the conditioning, what was going on there. but Or if teams just said, hey, we're okay, we realize we got to stop you. We got to chip you every once in a while. to, um, Or maybe they just got more film and said, okay, this is what he's doing against teams. I I need to go back and watch that, I guess, a little bit more. But uh, he does have that high upside. Like I said, he's he's very athletic. He's He's got some length to him. Um, but if you can get fourth, fifth round pick for him, it might be worth going ahead and taking that at this point because I, I don't see him being a huge part of their future. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree as well. So bringing it back again, did you have any other big takeaways from Sean Payton and George Payton? Obviously George talked about maybe not moving up, talked about uh, a little bit coy with the, I think somebody asked, it's really hard to hear what the questions are, um, but uh, yeah. somebody asked about any of the players on the last year, their contract, any movement. He said, Oh yeah, we'll talk and approach some guys and whatnot. Uh, I really did enjoy hearing Sean Payton talk about the evaluation process about how the procurement of talent is the word he used they use a lot of analytics for that. And he talked about just how poor uh, NFL teams are at evaluating linebackers these days in comparison to offensive tackles. So uh, that maybe I don't know if that's another shot at uh, Drew Sanders being a linebacker with that example um, on his mind. Uh, but 
offensive tackle also on the mind. So I enjoyed that because data has shown that as well over the last decade, quarterbacks, edge rushers, defensive tackles, and offensive tackles. If you want a good one, you're probably going to have to draft them because otherwise you're ending up paying premium price for second and third tier guys, kind of like the Broncos paying big money for McGlinchey and Gregory. So uh, did enjoy uh, that coming from uh, Sean Payton. Yeah. And we got Lawrence Rivera coming in with some stars. Thank you so much. Um, I think a couple other things that stuck out to me, or I guess we'll get to this one here too with Phil from Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, is Brian Burns a free agent? What would it cost? Technically? Yes, he is going to be a free agent. They probably will tag him. I can't see them doing anything else. Cause I think most would consider him a top 10 free agent hitting the market. If he was going to those guys usually don't. I mean, everybody comes out with their list of the top 200 free agents. And usually, like I said, those top 10 guys, rarely do you see them actually make it to the market. Um, unless unless the Panthers are just like, we're completely starting over. <laughs> but even there, like, why wouldn't you just tag him and trade him? Like, you try to get something for him rather than just let him go for free. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. It's a will be interesting to follow uh, for sure. We got Phil coming in saying, is Brian Burns a free agent? What would it cost? Yes, he is a free agent and it would cost. Um, oh, sorry. We, you did that one already. Just, yeah. It's, yeah. We just answered was, that. The, uh, the other name I wanted to toss out there, we have Daniel Hunter and Josh Allen. I just, I don't know. I can't imagine the Broncos paying that level of money for an edge rusher. I do see Michael Ronquillo come in and say Shaq Barrett was released from the Buccaneers today as well. Shaq has not been, nearly what he was when he had that, you know, incredible run. If he wanted to come in for pretty cheap, then maybe I know that a lot of Broncos country has fond memories of Shaq and thoughts got to him because he had a tragedy happen to him this off season uh, with his family. But um, I, if he wanted to come in cheap, he wouldn't count against the compensatory picks. That'd be something, but I don't really think that he is probably adding much more than what you already have on the roster at this point, unfortunately. And we got Naj coming in with a 1999 super chat. Thank you, Naj, saying, hey, brothers, sounded like from Peyton's press conference, he's all about finding a quarterback. Do they forego the best player on the board at 12 to take a shot at quarterback? How do you know it's not the quarterback's the best player? No, Um, I I agree. Peyton obviously spent a ton of time talking about the quarterback. I think partly because most of the questions were geared towards the quarterback position. Um, When you don't have a quarterback, that always seems to be where things go. Um, but still you hear him talking, like we got to find this right guy, him talking about the, the meme shirt with the, the names all crossed out. And he's like, we got to make sure that next one is not crossed out. Um, so I, I do, I think obviously this is a huge part of their, their off season is trying to get the right guy in here. Um, now maybe part of that evaluation is just going, Hey, we know we can't go get one of these guys up there in the top three. Like these teams are going to take them. Um, we can't trade enough and it wouldn't be worth us to go get them. And maybe them saying the right quarterback right now is going to have to be Sam Darnold right now. And I know a lot of people are obviously going to push back against that and be like, Oh, that sucks. Um, again, you can't, you can't just mortgage everything for a guy that you like. You've got to be completely in love with this guy and ready to, jump up on a table and say, this is our guy. And you yeah. just got to hope that that guy maybe is there at 12 or, or just a little bit of a trade up to eight or nine or whatever um, to go get him. And, and I hope they can do that. I really do. Because I do believe Sean Payton can get the most out of a, a rookie quarterback. You know, I, I think he's a top five offensive mind in football. And I mean, I, I did like, like I said, I loved his prov- bravado today of, we feel like we can evaluate better than others. And um, so I, I trust him to, to get the right guy. But I also, like I said, I just don't want him to mortgage everything just to find that one. Yeah. It's going to be interesting as far as foregoing the best player on the board for a quarterback. If you can get a top 15 caliber quarterback on a rookie contract, that's probably the best player on the board just because the positional value is so much. Uh, even if, let's say it's like in Madden where you have a cornerback there. Let's say it's Terry and Arnold and he ends up being a 93 overall in Madden just for the ranking kind of system. And then you have 
Bo Nix there, and he ends up being an 84. Uh, let's say an 85. That 85 is more valuable than the 93 at quarter, cornerback because of the position they play. Uh, so there's an opportunity cost there, right? If you take that quarterback, maybe you miss a chance at somebody better later, but uh, you do want that quarterback uh, in the end. It's, it's, it's hard to do. And it does seem, I get the vibe coming out of the press conferences today and talking with people with boots on the ground. Broncos think they can get a quarterback here. And I also wonder if like, coming back to that arrogance of Sean Payton, he thinks that his system is so good that as long as he can get somebody smart enough that can make the right reads, doesn't have to have every club in the bag, uh, that they can get a competent, good offense. I don't know if that's will end up being the case, uh, if that's out of touch or anything like that, but there's definitely self-belief in that co- offensive coaching room uh, that they can get identify the right guy, and this if they can run Sean what Sean wants to do, it can work. So let me ask you this. Of the top seven, eight quarterbacks in this draft, who do you think fits the criteria that Sean Payton has put out there of what he's looking for. Oh man. It's just it's uh, kind of so, give you a cop out answer here, but it's a little, it's impossible to evaluate the processing. A lot of these guys and what they look like in a pro style offense, because a lot of them are working so many RPOs and first reads that, you know, what does it actually look like getting to that second and third read and having to manipulate that middle of the field safety? I mean, we just don't have tape of that. Uh, so I think probably in the end, it's still Caleb Williams would be number one, even though he's been living out of structure. I almost want, maybe it's an excuse or it's a reason I, but I, maybe it's an excuse. USC was horrible this season, especially on defense. And Caleb Williams pretty much had to play that. If I don't put up 50 points, we're losing this game. It's pretty hard to play quarterback when you have that mentality, because you're just right. going to make mistakes and be a little bit reckless. And it's going to be hard to operate on time. So I think Caleb Williams is probably still number one after that. I think it's probably a coin flip between McCarthy and may and maybe even Knicks as well. I'm a little lower on Knicks, but I I could see it happening. Uh, So I think Williams is still the number one. So Daniels would be behind those other three. Then I just worry about the protecting himself. And also he pretty much a lot of times that first read wasn't there. He'd, stick that back foot in the ground and take off. Uh, and I thought, I think a lot of deep ball accuracy stuff, especially in college is more of a highlight of the wide receiver talent you have, uh, than the actual, you know, touch you have as a quarterback. And he's thrown to two top 20, top 25 picks and two of the best deep ball throwers are deep, deep route wide receivers in the game and neighbors and Thomas. So I, I'm a little bit more out on Daniels there. I could end up being real stupid <laughs> in that one in the end, but, uh, yeah, that's a, I just don't know about the ability there. But again, it's part of it is like, well, because he wasn't doing it doesn't mean he can't uh, as well. So it's it's hard. Yeah, I, I'm probably a little lower on Daniels than most and a little bit higher on Knicks than most. Just because I'm, I'm always thinking of like Sean Payton, what would work best with him? I'm not looking at just overall talent because Jaden Daniels is a lot more talented than Knicks. But like I said, just fit wise, um now, this is just going off of what I've heard from other people of Nick's being a very intelligent guy, um, picks up offenses quickly, you know, great locker room talent, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Um, it just makes me go, okay, I think this guy could work really well. I think that could be a great marriage between them. There's still going to be a ceiling there because of some of the limitations of Nick's. But I think if there's a, a coach that can get pretty much the most out of Dick's, I think it would be Sean Payton. But we have Michael Ronquillo coming back in again saying, is the Broncos running back position okay or need one in the NFL draft? I think I think most years you're looking you're looking at at least one running back in the draft, one in and as an undrafted guy, just to keep turning in that um competition. You know, like you said earlier, Javante Williams, not a great year for many different reasons. It wasn't just the injury, it was just that there's a lot of bad vision where he was just missing the holes there, there was, I think the Broncos came out as one of the best positive run blocking offensive lines that should have produced some really good runs. And unfortunately the Broncos running backs were some of the worst at taking advantage of those kind of run blocking opportunities. And, you know, Javante Williams, like I said, is part of that. So I, I don't think you can trust him as a true number one running back, you know, Samaj P Ryan, I think he's a great number two. He's right where he should be. 
But there were a lot of times this last year they had to depend on him to be a number one. And then, of course, you got McLaughlin, who's he's a very talented running back. But again, he's a kind of a number three running back. And you're looking to upgrade if you can. Yeah, I think that you're the way running back is set up is that next year's class should be a lot better. I think 12 of the top 15 rushing yards leaders in college football are going back to college next year. So 2025 could be a really, really good running back season. It also kind of lines up with Williams being gone. I think P Ryan's contract is up by then as well, but with the way Williams looked P Ryan, a little bit more of, you know, backup and McLaughlin special athlete, but limited. If you see a back there around four, round five that you think could be a starting back, I don't think you should overlook it. I think there's a, there's going to be a talented crop. Uh, in that, well, day three talented uh, in the end, you know, back end of round three. I think that's where the run really starts uh, for running back this cycle. Uh, but no doubt. Yeah. If they, if you like a guy there, you, that's where you should be taking running backs and then churning them out. Uh, it's, it's rough, but it's the name of the game uh, at this point. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm with you there. Oh, go ahead. So final thought here, as we wrap up the show, uh, any, do you have any vibes or want to call a shot right now? Let's say the Broncos picking at 12 in this draft, who ends up being the Broncos draft pick? If you were guessing today, emphasis on guessing. <laughs> I, I, if they stay at 12, I will say Bo Nix. I know obviously there's been a lot of mock drafts that have done that. And I know you've said, man, I'm tired of them putting Bo Nix to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But I think there is just, a lot of of reason to believe like that could be a, a marriage that that could work between Sean Payton and him. Um, and I just think it's going to be tough. Those other four quarterbacks, I think they're going to go earlier than what the Broncos want them to go or what they could do to trade up to get them. Uh, I just think there's a lot of teams. I know there's a lot of people talking, oh, these teams might trade out. The Patriots might trade out of here instead of taking a quarterback. And, and maybe that does happen. But you're still going to see the quarterbacks go one, two, three, or one, two, four, you know, like it's still going to be top five guys. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have somebody that's going to go on that six to 10 range. Um, and I think it's just going to be tough for the Broncos if they're one of the teams fighting to trade up to, to win that, especially if they when not having that second round pick makes that very, very difficult where other teams can be like, Hey, we can give you immediate picks that can get on your team and help you right now. And Broncos are like, Oh, we got to help you in the future. A lot of these guys are going, we don't care about the future. We care about now. Mm-hmm. We need these guys now. So um, I do. I think Bo Nix might be that guy where he just is like, I need my quarterback. This guy's smart. I think he can run my system. You know, Kyle Shanahan's kind of the same way. If I can get a quarterback that just can run my system, I can I can outthink everybody else. They don't have to be a great quarterback, but I can outthink them to make it easy for a quarterback that, could be an average quarterback that could go play at a very high level. Yeah, certainly. And I do wonder if we see a, if push comes to shove, I do wonder if Peyton's a little bit more, let's, if we love one of these guys to take them, but maybe try to trade back and get more capital where Sean's a little bit more, I need my quarterback and I need my guy. And if it comes down to George versus Sean, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, So who, who are you saying right now? Is going to be pick number 12. Honestly, I'm maybe this is just me preparing for kind of a ho hum one as ho hum as it can be, but I think Nick's as well is a possibility. Uh, there, I'd probably put him the most likely odd odds. I think the dark horse here that we haven't talked about a lot in Denver, but I think that the NFL is not as high on him as the media, and I think he could end up being the third or even fourth player at his position off the board, and that is Olu Fashano. Uh, I think that Olufushano could end up being down there at 12. There's a lot of hype coming into the combine that people are going to be just blown away by Amarius Mims. It sounds like the Jets are infatuated with uh, Chilise Fuaga. And uh, it sounds like Joel's going to be the first tackle taken off the board. So Olufushano is a name that I'm, I would keep a uh, an eye on at this point as we follow the process because I don't think he's this no-doubt top five pick, top six pick that uh, he was thought of months ago by the uh, media side of things. I, I would love it. I, I really would. That'd be great for the Broncos moving forward, but we got Michael Rocchio coming back in once more saying great show tonight, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos go Broncos. Michael, thank you for just being that consistent guy. Like I said, day in, day out, 
Um, but especially even just through the entire show as well. We appreciate all the stars, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate everybody coming in today. A lot of support, a lot of fun stuff today. Uh, I wish we could get Sean and George on the uh, podium more often during the offseason so we could hear what they have to say. Uh, or just maybe just let us in the draft room. Maybe we could have a show from inside uh, one of those meetings. I know they had eight days and they feel a little bit better about the process. And hopefully that results in a better uh, draft class uh, than what we saw from the first year here from that 2023 class, but too early to totally stick a fork in them. Shout out to David Youngkin, DTR, Michael Ronquillo, Lawrence Rivera, many times, Sean Brian Waldrick, Phil McLaughlin, uh, Michael Ronquillo, of course, uh, Naj coming in here. You guys are all great. Appreciate you so much. Make sure you're following Scott and or, uh, Carl and I on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH and at Nick Kendall MHH. Also shout out to Scott in the back running the, uh, the ones and twos, helping us out here doing a lot while, uh, the boss man is uh, taking a little break. Also make sure you're following us at mile high huddle. And of course, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to our show, like on our social media platforms and share it uh, on your socials as well. We appreciate that. Uh, any thoughts, final thoughts, Carl, that what are you looking forward to? The combine is here, man. It's one of the most fun times of the year. Yeah. It's always fun to see those guys that just, test as athletic freaks and then to see how much they move up or down boards kind of thing. Um, you know, chop Robinson is one of those that he's kind of slowly started falling at least by, by media standards. I should say that not by NFL standards. Um, and he's one of those guys that's supposed to test like a freak and you know, you watch him and he has those freakish plays, but it's just so inconsistent. It, it's just hard to, it's hard to love him. When, like I said, he's just not there every single play. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but no, it's it's always fun to see those guys that just wow everybody and everybody's talking about, oh my gosh, this guy should be a top 10 pick now. And I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's, it's part of the evaluation. You can't just have it all be athleticism. Mm-hmm. And But it's still fun to go watch them. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, appreciate everyone coming in here. Uh, we're going to get on out. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.